Hi guys, Alana Terry here. You're listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. Welcome, and I hope that things are going really well for you this week. We're getting in toward holiday time, which means that maybe some of you are traveling or busier with family things or deliberately slowing down, which is awesome. Hopefully you are seeing some amazing holiday sales and your readers are buying lots of your books and gifting them to others and things like that. It also means that advertising is a little more expensive, so don't stress out if you need to. I've paused a lot of my Facebook ads. Not a big deal. So welcome. We're going to be doing another kind of informal discussion today. I recently got back from the 20 Books to Vegas conference, so I'm going to share a few thoughts from that. I'm going to give a couple updates to some of the marketing trends that I talked about a couple episodes ago. So this is, again, a little bit of a personal update and a little bit of a sequel to episode 40, which is Marketing Tips and News, plus What's Working Right Now is the name of that episode. So a personal update for me, um, and also I guess a business update, is that I am kind of rebranding this show. So for those of you who have listened to this podcast from the very beginning, you know that this started out as a successful Christian writer podcast, but I found that all the things I was talking about with marketing and productivity and mindset apply to anybody, no matter what religion you are. And so this show is now the Successful Writer Podcast. So welcome to everybody who is here listening. And like I said, if you're one of the longtime listeners, you'll notice the change, but basically the change is just in the title of the podcast. Because like I said, we were focusing and the focus of the show has always been on mindset, marketing, and productivity. And that is going to continue to be the focus here. One thing I have been doing is going back and listening to the earlier episodes to see if there are edits that need to be made now that we've done this shift. And it was so funny last night, I was lying in bed listening to one of the early episodes, like in the single digits or the teens. And I was talking about when I had my very first, or not my very first, but this big book bub deal and had my highest royalty payments to date after that, which was like $3,000. And Then in the episode, which was recorded like less than a year ago, I said, and now, you know, I very often make more than twice that. And I had to kind of laugh. And it was actually a really neat reminder for me to see like the the fast growth for me due to ads, due to marketing, due to a lot of the mindset shifts that we are talking about here. Just seeing that quick growth, six-figure numbers, it has been really exciting. It's been also a little bit of a roller coaster Like I mentioned in the intro, ads are getting more expensive. Facebook ads have just been a little bit fickle for me in the past month or two. And so I'm not putting as much money into them right now. So this is like the first time that my quarter four sales numbers aren't like double quarter three. Usually I have really, really big quarter fours. And you know, it's it's easy to kind of freak out about those sorts of things. If you were to log on to my KDP dashboard right now and look at the 30-day data, like my sales are almost half of what they are on some of my bigger months. So, you know, that's pretty huge. That's pretty significant. And I'm doing my best to just kind of weather these ups and downs, just like we all are. But, you know, this is just a good reminder for things like having multiple streams of income. My audiobook sales keep growing. My wide sales keep growing. My paperback sales keep growing. And that really helps me feel more insulated than I would if I was just relying on 
ebook sales from Amazon. I still feel so excited and so blessed and just so thankful that we can do what we're doing as authors, even when we run into slow sales months or the Facebook algorithm changes and so our ads don't perform as well. All these things can be discouraging, but it's a really nice practice to just step back and realize this is amazing that we can be doing this. So I hope that wherever you're at in your author journey right now, that you're just feeling that same sense of optimism and hope and excitement. So my Vegas update, most people will know that the 20 Books to 50K Vegas conference ended just last week. So I have been home for a little less than a week, had a really good time. I was actually listening to episode 40 where I was giving another personal update and I was talking about how excited I was that I was able to fly on an airplane and spend a few days in San Diego without getting sick. And I was just as careful or maybe even more careful when I went to Vegas to do things to take care of my health. And I'm really, really thankful that I didn't get sick on that trip either. Although sadly, like I only did about half of what I would have done if I weren't being so cautious. So that's just something for you to keep in mind. Like if you're very introverted, if you maybe, like I just know for me, like stress is not good for my immune system. Neither is traveling, neither is all the smoke from the Vegas casinos, neither is talking a whole lot. All of these things made it so that basically my choice was I can slow down and like I said, do maybe only about half of what I want to do, or I can just try to do more and get sick. So, you know, it was a little bit of a bummer. There were a couple sessions I would have loved to have gone to, a couple get-togethers I would have liked to have gone to. But all in all, I feel like this is just kind of, this is my body, this is where I am. And so if you're the kind of person who struggles with health issues or fatigue issues or depression issues, or sometimes even just life circumstances that maybe take more of your time or energy than you would like, sometimes we just need to accept like, hey, life is what life is. And maybe we can't do as much as you know, this other guy we're looking at, but that's just because we're not that other guy. So all in all, so glad I went. It was fun to see some of you. I got several comments. It's like, oh, you're a Lana Terry. You're shorter than I thought you'd be, which is totally true, guys. I'm, I won't tell you my height, but if you do see me in person, <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. Yep. She's short. So shout out to those of you who recognized my short stature and either said something or did not say something. It was really fun to be there. And I just wanted to share some of my biggest takeaways in case you weren't able to make it, or maybe you didn't go to some of these same sessions, or maybe you just kind of want to relive the Vegas experience because it was so great. One of the most helpful marketing panels I went to was about marketing audiobooks. And it very much confirmed what I've been hearing and have experientially seen with my own book sales. And that's just audiobooks continue to grow. You know, we're talking double digit growth every single year, which is very, very exciting. And I am 100% committed to going non-exclusive now. So I do have a few books that are exclusive to ACX that are just going to stay there. A couple of my very first audiobooks are royalty share. So I'm not going to, you know, try to switch out of those contracts or anything. But basically, everything moving forward is going to audio through Findaway, which is a really easy platform to use. It's actually a lot simpler than ACX. Like I had to update an audiobook 
through ACX a few weeks ago, and they required like all kinds of weird files and zip drives and just weird stuff. Whereas with Findaway, you just tell them, hey, I'm changing this, you know, file. And they say, okay. So really happy to be with Findaway. And it was neat hearing all the speakers on the panel, like several of them are audiobook publishers. So they're looking for authors to license their audiobooks to them. So like if you write, um, let's say you have a, a romance trilogy, one of these audiobook producing companies might be interested in paying you for the rights for your audiobooks. And so that means what's really cool is they pay the narrator, they take care of the production costs, and you know you get the royalties you'll often get in advance so that could be a neat option to look into especially if producing your own audiobook and hiring your own narrator is cost prohibitive another thing that really piqued my interest i forget which member of this audiobook panel said it but they were talking about how they were selling quite a few cd audiobooks to libraries which is something i hadn't thought of before so i did a tiny bit of research you can Put your audiobooks up through CD Baby and they can distribute to Amazon. I'm considering doing that for some of the titles that I have. And again, the big goal would be to get into libraries because I think most audiobook listeners probably are, you know, to digital by now. But I remember years ago when we lived in Anchorage and we were driving around town all the time, we would always have audiobooks going on and we would borrow, you know, two or three audiobooks from the library a month, you know, like long, you know. 12-hour audiobooks, and we would go through them quite a bit. So that is for sure something that I'm going to think of, and it kind of turns into one of those things that, yes, it sounds like it'd be a good idea, and yeah, I'm sure I'd get at least some money back from it, but is it going to be worth right now the time investment and the energy? I'm not sure, but if I do do that, I will keep you posted and let you know how it goes. Speaking of Uh, keeping you posted with audiobooks. I mentioned in episode 40 how I was taking the chapters from one of my fiction novels and syndicating them as a podcast episode. That has gone really, really well. I'm about three weeks in and over a thousand downloads. So I feel really excited about that. I have not checked to see if there's been a corresponding spike in audiobook sales, but I'm sure that having a thousand downloads for these chapters is not going to hurt my audiobook sales at all. I've also done a Chirp promotion. So Chirp is BookBub's audiobook branch. So it's discounted audiobooks. And I just got an email from them. I believe this is still kind of like a buy invite only testing stage, but I'm going to start testing running BookBub click ads to their chirp audience. So I'm going to create a couple of click ads just like you would in a BookBub click ad, but instead of being in the BookBub emails, it's going to go out to their chirp listeners. So another thing that I'm just really excited to see what happens with that. I definitely want to get more deliberate in promoting and marketing audiobooks specifically. And I think that Things like chirp, getting into libraries, things like that are going to be a good way to do that. One of the other Vegas speakers that I really, really appreciated was Christine Catherine Rush. I heard her in Vegas last year as well. And I went to a talk she gave about perfectionism, and she was also on one of the panels in the first day. And 
What I really appreciated about her is she seems, I really admire how she seems to have a really good grasp on both creativity and business sense. So for example, in this panel, one of the questions that the authors were asked was, what are your plans for 2020? And her answer was, well, I don't commit to plans because I have shiny object syndrome. She called it her hummingbird brain, which isn't a term I had heard before, but I thought was so appropriate, kind of flitting from one thing to the other. And what I admire about that, I I definitely have hummingbird brain as well. And especially recently, I've felt a little bit overwhelmed by that. So, you know, I started out just writing my suspense novels, and then I started adding courses for authors, and now I'm doing this podcast for authors, and I have a couple books out for authors, and I feel like there are so many areas that sound exciting for me to grow my business, and sometimes I feel like it doesn't make a ton of sense for me to do that. Like, for example, I only had one fiction book come out in quarter three, and that's really unusual for me. And some of that was because I was focusing a lot on courses and I did have a book on productivity for authors come out, but I haven't really started marketing those books and things. And so sometimes I feel like my hummingbird brain gets me in trouble. You know, if I had taken all of that energy that I put into this podcast and my writer courses and that productivity book, I could have had, you know, two or three more novels out and I already have the audience for those. So I just really appreciated seeing, as an example, someone like Christine Catherine Rush, who seems to do both well. You know, she's successful in business and in publishing, but she allows herself the creativity to pursue what piques her interest. And one of the questions I had for her was, how do you sort of reconcile when you are feeling like you're in shiny object syndrome mode, but you know that there are just certain things that have to be done. And so she talked about the importance of finishing up what you do commit to and then letting yourself jump onto the new thing. So instead of having five half-finished projects, you know, so let's say you're halfway through project A and you get really excited about project B, instead of jumping right to project B, maybe use that as an incentive to get project A done. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'll make myself a deal like, okay, I'm really, really excited to record videos for this course, but I'm finishing up this book. So let me finish up this book real quick so that I can then move on to the course. So it's just a neat picture of that fine line between discipline and creativity. So those were some of the Vegas takeaways. It was, like I said, just a good experience. It was tiring. I think I just need to realize that Traveling is hard for me, no matter how much I say I like it, it's stressful. So I'm trying to just ease back into work gently. I've also been struggling with some depression. I don't know if that's related to having two back-to-back things out of state or just the time of year. We're losing a lot of daylight hours right now up here in Alaska. So I'm doing my best to navigate through that. And this is just another one of those things, kind of like when... I was in Vegas doing only half of what I kind of wanted to be doing or what I would be doing if I weren't trying to really protect my health and my energy and just realizing, you know what, this is what it is. And as much as we might wish that we didn't have struggles, whether it's depression or sickness or fatigue or life obligations outside of writing, whatever 
whatever we wish <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to happen. And so sometimes we really just have to say, okay, this is how it is for me. I heard a couple people in Vegas who ascribe to the there's no such thing as writer's block camp. And I'm sure some of you listening also ascribe to the there's no such thing as writer's block camp, you know, and much thrown around. Well, there's no such thing as doctor block. There's no such thing as teacher block. There's no such thing as, you know, CEO block like you show up, you do your job. I really just that's not been my experience. And so I feel like for me, sometimes the writer's block excuse me, the writer's block and the depression do go a little bit hand in hand. And that's just the way I am. You know, like there are certainly things that I'm trying to do, like, you know, exercise, get good sleep, stay on top of my vitamins. That one's huge for me. Um, but even so, you know, sometimes I just need to take it slower and realize, okay, I'm probably not going to write any fiction this week. But what's helped me in that is to, when I do feel blocked, And like I said, some of you listening aren't going to even like the word block. So you can totally ignore this. You know, this isn't a hill I'm going to die on whether or not there is or isn't writer's block. (laughs) But um, I know I get it. So that's what I'm talking about. But what helps me is to not push it so much and say, okay, I don't feel like I can write fiction this week. That, That just truly is the case. But I also know, okay, I had a really busy week last week. It was stressful on my body. It was, you know, hard traveling. It was like drinking from a water hose, getting all this information at once. So I'm going to do the gentle thing and just let my brain ease back into work. But the nice thing is instead of just laying around wallowing, and kind of hating myself for not being productive, I'm trying to do the things that I do feel like I have the energy to do. So working on some of the podcast stuff, taking care of some finance things, stuff that I do feel like I have energy to work on. I just figure, okay, even if I'm not writing fiction right now, I'm still being productive and basically doing the best that I can with the energy that I've got. So hopefully that's encouraging to you if you also struggle with any of these things that do sap your energy or if you're in a season of creative block or things like that is to don't just hit that brick wall and lay there and beat yourself up for not being as productive as you want to be and just say, okay, what do I have the energy to do right now? So that's just my constant reminder you listening to be gentle with yourself. So I hope you're having an amazing week. I hope you are motivated and fully inspired. Hope that your creative juices are flowing and that when you do sit down to write that the words just flow really freely with tons of joy. I just hope that you get in the zone each and every time you sit down to write and we'll talk to you soon.